Hey, Hope City Church family. Uh, I wanted to pop on here and talk about uh, church membership and uh, why that matters and why it's important that you take it seriously. Um, I, uh, I don't do this kind of stuff often enough. There's actually just not enough time to, um, and when I say this stuff, I mean like getting on uh, a video or podcast or uh, writing a blog or whatever. Um, there's so much stuff that I can't say from the pulpit uh, or I just, I could say it from the pulpit, but I don't have time. And so, um, I mean, my sermon last week was already, it was like 45 minutes. I'm like, I shouldn't be preaching for 45 minutes thinking I'm John Piper out here or something. Uh, 45 minutes to 50 minute sermon without announcements. So if I had announcements, um, in my sermons, I mean, like we'd be talking like hour and a half to talk about all the stuff I want to cover. So there's actually a lot of ground that I need to cover with you guys um, on a periodic basis that I don't have time for from the pulpit. Well, one of the things that I want to talk about is church membership and uh, bring a little bit of clarity to that because it's important that we take church membership seriously as Christians. Uh, And I think that there's a few common sense reasons why that you as a Christian should take church membership seriously. Uh, And so as a church plant, uh, we are, um, we are having our first membership class. And um, some of you have been around uh, Hope City for a little while. And you're like, maybe thinking why after a year and a half, of doing some type of gathering, why, why all, after all this time, you're going to do membership class now? And I think that's a great question. Uh, the answer to that question is, well, one of the reasons why is because we wanted to set um, our cultural practices. Like we wanted to, what, what do we do? What does it mean to participate uh, at Hope City Church? Like what does it mean to belong and to come to the things that we do and, um, you know, be a part of this local church. And I think that oftentimes uh, people dip their toes into things. They're not really sure exactly what they're getting into. And so uh, Hope City Church, uh, as a church plant, we know that it's weird enough. Um, Well, number one, it's weird enough to be at church, like be uh, participating in a local church uh, in 2022 I mean, mid-pandemic is when we planted and uh, in Clinton, Iowa, and it's like, it's already weird to go to church, you know? Not a ton of people are scratching their heads on the weekends saying, man, I just really wish I could go to church. Uh, a lot of folks aren't doing that. And so uh, going to church is weird enough. So if someone's dipping their toes in a local church, um, it's awkward, you know, you're, you're like, man, I'm not really sure what, what I'm going to experience at this place. Uh, and I know for a lot of people, like even coming to a Sunday morning gathering has been kind of, it's been, um, exhausting, uh, you know, entering into any public space, you're constantly wondering, is this, is this church, um, not even a church. I mean, is this, you could go anywhere. Is this place going to be, uh, a mask kind of culture? Is this place going to be a not mask? Is this going to be a, a vaccine versus non-vaccine? Uh, is this going to be Republicans versus Democrats? Like the polarization that we see everywhere 
uh, shows up in our little communities. Um, in fact, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine at the coffee shop not that long ago. And uh, I was like, hey, bro, like, why don't you go to church? You know, like we've been talking and I was just I was just asking him a straightforward question. I'm like, uh, is there a reason that you haven't stepped back into um, the church space? Because I knew this guy had been to church for quite some time in his life. And he's like, man, I just don't want to be around that. And what he meant by I don't want to be around that is all of the division and the polarization. He didn't want to be around, you know, a group of people that had a strong stance, uh, a political stance and some thing that he wasn't passionate about. And so for him, it was exhausting. He's like, I just don't want to navigate that right now. So um, stuff like that. Uh, brings a sense of urgency to me to be clear on what does it mean when I say uh, we're calling you to become a member, uh, inviting you to become a member at Hope City Church. I want people to understand what they're getting into. So for a year and a half, you know, we've been uh, gathering basically uh, in the home and around the table as a church. And so setting our practices as a people who uh, invite uh, the lost and and invite one another uh, around the meal table in order to experience deep belonging and deep relationship, uh, not only with uh, one another, but also with God. And so that's a big part of what it means to be uh, a member at Hope City Church is to participate in uh, deep relationship with God and with one another. And so I, I want that to be at least something that people have tasted in before they say, yeah, I want to commit to this lifestyle. Uh, I want to commit to following Jesus at this local church uh, before someone says that. I want them to have some sort of understanding of what that was, what that's like. I want them to have had to taste in that, uh, to taste and to see what that's like. And then also we've been doing Sunday morning gatherings. Uh, that has been uh, more typical, like, you know, we're going to preach the Bible and we're going to uh, proclaim and herald the gospel of Jesus that Jesus saves and, uh, and we're going to shape people uh, through the proclamation of the word of God each and every Sunday. And also we're going to gather and worship. Uh, we're going to worship through song. And, and so those, those things that Christians have been doing for 2,000 years, uh, we are doing and trying to do it as simple as possible uh, in order to keep the main thing the main thing. However, I know that the flavor uh, that we have when we do those things is distinct uh, because we're different people. Uh, I lead our music and I preach and I'm doing that not because I, I want to do both of those things for the rest of my life, but because right now we don't have anyone that is in a season of life where they can really own that. And so, uh, for folks who come to hope city church, they're like, man, this dude is, uh, this dude is singing, uh, leading worship and, uh, he's preaching. There's a lot of Nick going on right now. And so I want, you know, I want you to feel freedom. Like when you come to our, our church, I want people to understand uh, what the goal is. Like, what are we trying to build at this church? And uh, is this a cult of personality centered around Nick? Or is there something deeper going on here? Is there scaffolding um, that's being put up that maybe I don't see? And so uh, to really understand those things, you have to taste in it. So uh, all that to say is, uh, I've been intentional with saying, uh, come participate in what we're doing 
And then, uh, and then now we're calling people to like explicit, um, you know, membership in our, our local church. And so what does that mean to be a member at a local church? I think it's a good question because it's not the same as becoming a member of your gym, like your local gym, you know, whether, you know, whether you're across the river or, you know, here in Clinton or wherever else and you're, you're pumping iron or you're doing classes, whatever it is, like when you're a member of a gym, um, what that really means, if someone's saying, hey, you should be a member at my gym, it means you should come to this place, you should work out here, and, uh, and, and really it comes down to like you should pay, your, pay money to consume the services that this gym is providing. And so if we think that the membership of a local church is the same as the membership of a gym, we think we're thinking like a consumer and we're saying, uh, oh, I need to pay my membership dues or like maybe you're at a country club. I don't know if anybody's a member at a country club anymore, um, but you have membership dues and, and it's mostly, it's like centered around money. You know, you exchange money for the services that this uh, club is putting out. And uh, you get, you know, you get community, you get uh, relationships. Uh, there is a relational component to being a member of a gym and a member of a country club. Um, and it's a strong component, but it's not the most fundamental component. There's a transaction taking place there uh, that I think uh, triggers people's minds. If that's the only thing you've ever experienced membership in is uh, uh, something like that, then you're thinking membership in a local church, man, I'm just like paying membership dues. You may call that tithes and offerings or whatever. You may think that's the fundamental thing that it means to be a member of a local church. It's just I'm paying money for the services that this pastor is providing. And I'm saying if you think of the local church that way, and if you think of yourself being a member of a local church that way, uh, then uh, membership is going to be, it's going to be weird. Like being a member of our local church, uh, you've got yourself off on the wrong footing. And so the reason I believe that is because the, the essence of what it means to be a local church uh, is rooted in the scriptures. It's not rooted in American culture. Uh, the essence of what it means to be a local church, if we just look at the word church, uh, ecclesia is what it says in the New Testament. Uh, I'm actually just going to pull up. There's this app called uh, the BLB, the Blue Letter Bible. And uh, a friend of mine showed me this app and it's really good. It's got a lot of resources on there for like, if you want to look up words, uh, if you want to cross-reference stuff, it's super good. And so uh, the word ecclesia in the Greek so the way the Bible writers, when they wrote the church, uh, the, the word ecclesia there, uh, it means a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place or an assembly. So that's the generic definition of ecclesia, but then there's a more specific definition as it relates to the local church, which means this. If you're a Christian, you follow Jesus you follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That means God has called you out of the world. He's rescued you from this evil world and he's rescued you from your sin and the judgments of God. He's rescued you. God himself has rescued you from all these things and has given you new life. He has made you a new creation. And so God has called you out 
and has brought you into his, uh, his family. So the ecclesia, when it talks about in the New Testament, when it refers to the church, is referring to the family of God. So the term household is often used in the New Testament by the New Testament writers to refer to the identity of the church. It's the household of God. And so you have uh, lots of family units represented within a church, but you have one large family. And so the, uh, the church, like a local church here in our modern context, um, is, is a collection of families. It's a collection of individual family units that come together to make up one larger family unit. Um, and the essence of our identity is that we're brought together by Christ. So in Christ and Christ alone is our common uh, denominator. Uh, and so our shared faith in Christ uh, gives us a new shared identity as the, the family of God. And so when we're coming together, we're not coming together based on uh, our transaction of our wallets, but through the transaction of Christ uh, on the cross. So his crucifixion, the Bible says that Jesus paid our debt and uh, paid our sin debt. And so we owe nothing, uh, you know, we're, we're free. And so we freely are brought into this um, relationship. We don't have to pay any money to become a member of the church because we are um, brought into the family of God through faith alone. And so Christ is the one that paid our membership dues, if you want to call it that, which makes the, the gathering of the church, uh, a church family, completely unique. Uh, there's nothing else like it in the world because um, every other family in the planet uh, is either brought together by uh, blood, like b- blood relationships, uh, or some sort of transaction. There's some sort of reason um, that people are brought together, like at the gym or the coffee shop. I mean, there's it's a consumer culture. And so the, uh, the membership of a local church is defined by the gospel, uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus. So we're unique in that, which makes the church uh, globally one of the most diverse groups of people it is the most diverse group of people on the planet. You have every nation and tribe and tongue and every people group represented in the global church. Uh, and so when we get down to the the local level of like here in Clinton, Iowa and here in the Gateway area, when you start to see individual local churches, uh, you see uh, an expression. What you're seeing is an expression of Christ's work to bring people out of darkness Uh, and out of the world, and into God's family. So uh, the essence of what it means to be a part of the church, like our fundamental identity is that we're the people of God, Uh, as as every good father uh, should be doing with their children. You're saying, hey, look, here's the church, you know, here's the steeple, open up the doors, and here's all the people. And I do that with my kids all the time because it's just good. It's good practice to teach our kids like the the church isn't the building. The church isn't the programs. um, The church isn't the branding that we see on the website. The church isn't even the 501c3, you know. It's not all of these organizational things or visual things. Uh, The the church is the people of God that are are brought together by the grace of Jesus Christ. And so there is our starting point, what it means to be a part of a church. And so uh, I just want to offer some common sense reasons why church membership is a good idea and uh, why it's biblical. And so let me start with 
Let me start with, uh, there's an article on uh, the Gospel Coalition, uh, it's a, which is a website that has a lot of Christian resources, and it's, I think, super helpful. It's got a lot of good biblical articles in there that um, write, they, the writers write a lot about the church and write a lot about theology and, uh, and a lot of helpful topics. And there's a guy on there named Kevin DeYoung, and he wrote an article that I shared on my Facebook page a while back, but he wrote an article about six reasons why church membership matters. And uh, I'm just going to go real quick through his list, and then I'm going to offer a little more of a condensed, um, you know, a couple reasons why I think at Hope City Church, it's a good idea to be a member. So number one, here's, here's his uh, reason. And I don't even know if they're in a particular order. He says, one, in joining a church, you make visible your commitment to Christ. So you're making visible your commitment to Christ. So it's sort of like, um, it's like baptism. So the, the practice of baptism uh, publicly declares that you have now placed your uh, faith in Jesus, that your believing loyalties are wrapped up in um, allegiance to Christ as King. And so everyone gets to see that. They get to see through the physical act of immersion into water and out of the water that you identify with Christ in his death that you've died to your old ways and your old life and that you've resurrected. You come out of the water into new life. And now your new life is marked by following uh, and practicing the way of Jesus. So joining a local church says, I'm gonna raise my, uh, I'm gonna raise my hand and I'm gonna raise this flag and say, I am now a part of Christ's church because I have faith in Christ. I am now um, identifying myself with the people of God. So that's one reason is that you're, you're publicly demonstrating your faith in Christ. Number two, he says, making a commitment makes a powerful statement in a low commitment culture. That's a big one. Uh, there's not, especially in our community, I just want to speak straight up to our community is that we live in a very transient community, the gateway area, um, you know, the Clinton Fulton Comanche, uh, and the surrounding communities here, we live in a very transient community. So I know a lot of folks that drive to DeWitt, um, that drive to the Quad Cities, that drive well up north, you know, into smaller communities. I mean, we're driving all over the place to work, to play, to do all sorts of things. And so folks drive to church. And, uh, and so one of the things that happens in a community that's so mobile and transient is that folks get used to just going wherever they want to get whatever they want. And in a culture that encourages a lot of consumerism, uh, that carries itself over into the church to where people maybe will go to this church sometimes for the teaching, or maybe they go for this church sometime for the youth group, or maybe sometimes they go to this church for, you know, the Sunday school or this church for the relationship, you know, like whatever it is. And, uh, and people treat church like a, like a spiritual DIY, you know, buffet or something. And, and nobody ever goes really deep when they approach church that way, because they're just picking and choosing. So folks like to keep their options open, uh, especially millennials, my age group, we tend to be the lowest uh, commitment 
types of people where we're constantly plugged into social media, uh, constantly seeing all sorts of options and seeing sort all sorts of things out there. And we don't want to really like put all our chips in one basket uh, or eggs in one basket. Want to slide all our chips in one pile. And so uh, that that can be problematic in the church. Like if we are um, not committing ourselves to anything, then we're not really going deep. Um, yeah, there's not really a lot of depth in our life. Depth doesn't mark our relationships. Depth doesn't mark... Um, the things that we do. And so, uh, that's hard when it comes to trying to be faithful. So an obvious example is that you're, you don't do that with your spouse. You know, you're not, you're not constantly playing the field, uh, with a woman or with a man, you know? And so you necessarily have to limit yourself to one in order to go deep with that person. And so I'm not saying you're married to a local church, but in a similar way, if you want to see some sort of depth, any sort of depth in your relationships at your local church, then there has to be some kind of commitment. And in a low commitment culture, belonging to a local church um, is is a protest move. You know, you're protesting this surface level, shallow consumer, low commitment culture. And you're saying, no, I want to go deep with these people in this place. Number three we can be overly independent. Uh, I feel like you guys have heard that all the time. Um, rugged individualism is a, is a hallmark of, of, uh, living in America. And so of course, you know, you, you take that to its extreme, like it's good, you know, as a farmer, for example, you know, back, I can understand why individualism is, is a thing, but, uh, you know, like let's take a farmer as an example. Like he doesn't have the luxury to constantly, uh, rely on other people. I mean, if something breaks, he needs to be able to have the basic know-how to fix his own fences and to fix his own machinery. Um, and if it gets out of his control, then yes, he has to call somebody else in. But there is a sense in which, you know, individualism is a good thing and being strong uh, as an individual and self-reliance is a good thing. But taken to its extreme, um, now we're we're in a position where, you know, we act like we don't need each other. And we do, we know we need each other. We were created to be in relationships, um, in deep, uh, deep relationships with deep levels of belonging. So the church can be a way we can fight our individualism that can be taken to the extreme. Uh, number four, church membership keeps us accountable. Uh, this is a great one. And he uses Hebrews 13, seven says, I'm, uh, what does he say? Um, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you, the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Uh, and so what we're doing as a, what's up, baby? I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> I know you did. Here, give me a second. Uh, so what we're doing One of the things that we're doing as a church, um, when we're together, uh, is that we are held accountable by one another. And so uh, there is a there there's something that happens when we're by ourselves. Um, it's easier to keep things in in hidden. Um, nobody ever gets to see the real us. Uh, but if we're in a local church together, 
with one another, then uh, it's harder to stay isolated, which we know that things fester in the darkness. Mold grows in the darkness. Mildew grows in the darkness. But once the, the light of day gets shown onto those dark nooks and crannies and corners, uh, then things start to become, they, they start to get healthy again. And so it's the same way with our lives in community is that we need to be held accountable um, in our lives um, we need to bring people in and we need the light of Christ sh- shown uh, on the nooks and crannies of our life through the act of repentance. We need to be able to repent of our sin to one another. Uh, the leaders in our lives need to be able to see our sin, um, need to be able to see where we are weak so that we can be lovingly uh, brought towards a place of flourishing and health. Uh, but if nobody knows you're struggling with anything, if nobody knows that there's something going on, um, then it's going to be very hard to come to a place of healing. Uh, number five, joining the church will help your pastor and elders be more faithful shepherds. This is one of my favorite ones as a pastor shepherd. Uh, and he cites Hebrews thirteen seven says, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Um, this, you know, th- this is a, a really important one. Uh, and so from my perspective, I need to know who my flock, I need to know who's in my flock uh, because I am only one person. I'm, I'm limited on how much attention and time I have. And so I need to know where to put my precious time. Uh, I need to know where I put my, my limited energy. And so my family, I know that my family needs my attention and time. They're my first flock to tend and to, and to take care of. But there, there also is the people that God has entrusted to my care. Uh, the Bible says that, uh, that leaders are to give an account. I'm to give an account to God. I'm going to face the Lord on the judgment day, and I'm going to have to give an account to the souls. That there were souls entrusted to my care. And uh, my flock is, is the souls that, were, that are entrusted to my care. And I am called to show... Uh, my flock, Jesus. I'm, I'm called to bring them to the great shepherd. And so I'm simply an errand boy for Jesus, but I need to know who I'm on errand to. You know, Jesus is sending me on an errand to bring the gospel and to bring um, truth and to bring uh, encouragement to my flock. And I need to know who I'm supposed to be a messenger to and bring, bring the gospel to. So church membership helps me see that. Uh, number six, joining the church gives you an opportunity to make promises. Joining the church gives you an opportunity to make promises. And so that's a that's one that um, I think is pretty helpful. Uh, you know, we're we're calling one another to to commitment, basically. So it's what we've all been what I've been saying with these other ones is that it's important to have real people that you can look at and say, um, I'm committing to you as an extension of committing to Christ. I commit to Christ and therefore I'm going to commit to, to Christ's people. And so we make promises and uh, commitments to people. Uh, and that's a serious thing. Uh, we don't want to be flippant in our relationships because love is not flippant. Uh, Christ's commitment to us in love is a steadfast, long-suffering commitment. And in order to demonstrate the love of Christ, we need to be steadfast and commit to one another in long suffering. So church membership, uh, it helps bring clarity to that. All right. So I wrote down 
a few really just simple common sense things. I thought the list that Kevin D. Young put out was helpful. And so I just wanted to maybe distill some of those things. Um, I think overall church membership is DTRing. I think it's defining the relationship. Uh, I think both for me as a shepherd pastor, uh, it's helpful for me to know who my people are, but it's also helpful, I think, for uh, the congregation for, for us to know who each other is, you know, because again, we only have so much time and attention to give. And, and so when the scriptures, when God's word tells us that we are to, um, like in Galatians, it says that we are to do good, uh, to all, but especially to those who are of the household of faith. So we are, yes, we're supposed to live in such a way that we're loving our neighbor, which is, which is all those people around us, even unbelievers and, and all of the folks that we come into contact with. We are called to love them as Christ loves us. But the scripture says that we are also to show uh, special care and attention for the family of God. And so if someone's struggling, someone doesn't have resources, someone is, you know, uh, needs help, and they are part of the family of God, like, if we don't know who they are, then how are we supposed to help them? So it's super important for us to have that relationship defined uh, so that we know uh, our, um, our obligations of care to one another. Uh, for example, the Bible talks a lot about orphans and widows. Well, you know, what happens if something, something happens to a member of our church? Well, our, um, our church, if we've brought clarity and definition to the relationship, well, the, there is a, there is a trellis there. There is, um, there's a structure that helps, um, bring definition to that. It's like, oh man, um, Sally's husband died and that was tragic and, and, we need to come alongside her and care for her. And, uh, and so the all, there's all sorts of situations like that where we need to know who God is calling us to show special care and attention to. And that's why we need lots of local churches because we can't show that kind of love and careful attention um, to everybody. It would be wonderful if we could, but you know we're not God. We can't be everywhere at once. And so in order to be the body of Christ, to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus um, thoroughly in people's lives, we need to have definition to who those people are in our lives. And so I think church membership fundamentally defines the relationship in a way that uh, deepens belonging. I also think that defining the relationship, uh, what that does is it, it focuses the mission. So it deepens the belonging and then also focuses the mission. Because every church, uh, every local church ought to be uh, a unique family that has uh, unique gifts and a unique calling to be on mission to a particular people in our place. And so uh, let's use an an obvious example. So let's say, you know, you have a church in uh, in a large, large city. And uh, this church, you know, is in the suburbs and is full of one particular type of culture. And uh, they are very um, skilled at like a particular thing. And they're, they're, let's say they're effective in reaching the college campus. 
you know, for whatever reason they've done years and years and years of ministry um, at a college campus in that's in that suburban town. And uh, and so they have a bang in college ministry. Well, that church is uniquely gifted in reaching that particular people, college students. But also this this city's a big city, you know, that this t- this uh, church is in, in this hypothetical city. Um there's another there's another church maybe in the inner city and they have had a long-standing um, relationship with the uh, urban um, poverty impacted families and uh, houseless people and they have a, a food bank and they've had a, they have a lot of inroads there with that community that lives um, there in the urban core. The suburban church plant is not going to be as well positioned to love and care for the urban poor um, in the same ways as the congregation that is that is there in that urban context. And so every single church should be a unique uh, expression of God's mission to a particular place. And there's, of course, going to be overlap. I mean, I think in every church there should be a, a diverse um you know, people group that all have different types of gifts. I don't think it should be like, we only have computer programmers here. And so that's all we do. I'm not saying that. I am saying that every church um, has a focused uh, skill set or a focused calling, I should say, uh, to reach people that are not being reached by Christ, like aren't being reached by other churches. Because the task of reaching the lost is too great. Let's just use Clinton as an example. Um, there's there's probably 20,000 people in this town that aren't engaged in a faith community. They're not engaged in life um, in the church. And so a lot of those folks don't know God. And that means that we're called as Christians to go reach those people. Well, some of those people are going to be uh, people that, you know, uh, like are in the factories. Some of those people are going to be... Um, you know, living on the farm. Some of those people are going to be transient. You know, they're going to be living um, from place to place downtown or something. And we need to be deliberate in saying, hey, who has God called us to best reach? How are we most uniquely gifted to reach a section of the city that's not being reached? And, and so that's one of my job as a pastor is to help equip our church to reach uh, folks that aren't being reached by other churches. It's not a competitive thing. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a harmonization thing. So it's similar to when you're, you know, you're at a choir concert and, uh, one of the marks of a really good choir concert is, is a good choir that says, okay, we have this melody. What notes are not being sung? Oh, it's those, these harmonies over here. Uh, it's the fifths, the sevenths, whatever. We need to be singing in those ranges. And so who's best able to sing in those ranges? Oh, you, you know, like Ashley over here and Joe over here, you know, you're better at the singing in these ranges. And so we want to harmonize together. That's the same thing with the local church. Each local church should be singing in a space that, that another church um, either isn't singing in or needs help singing in that range. So I think the the only way that we're able to best partner um in the kingdom of God, because this isn't just a one church thing. This is a whole kingdom thing. Like Christ is King and, uh, and we're doing kingdom work as a local church. And so we want to be, we want to be pushed into a space where there's room to work. And so I think belonging to a particular local church brings definition to our mission. Say who, who do we got? 
What kind of talents do we have? What kind of treasures do we have? What kind of um, tools do we have at our disposal? And uh, what's God speaking to these particular people? What are the unique burdens and callings on their life uh, to reach a particular group of people in our city? And so uh, I think that that is massively helped when a church has robust church membership. It has, when it has a clear call to saying, hey, are you a part of us? Are you committed with us? doesn't mean you can't like hang out with people from other churches. I mean, I think that's one of the, um, I think that's one of the classic like misnomers of church membership is that all of a sudden you just can't like be around anybody else who's another Christian. That's not what we're saying. It says that it, it's the same, it's like when you're a part of a family, like your biological family that you've grown up around. It doesn't mean you can't hang out with other families. It just means at the end of the day, when stuff hits the fan, like you know who you can count on. You know who you can fall back to. You know who you're going to the front lines with and you're going to take bullets alongside. It's that's Those are the folks that we want. We want to bring definition to that relationship, uh, which also helps set expectations and, um, and create, I think just creates clarity. So that's it. I think, uh, just some common. So if I had to sum up the common sense reason why church membership is a good idea, uh, is because it DTRs, it defines the relationship. So that would be my encouragement to you is if you're on the fence of our local church, uh, and you're kind of wondering why I thought I was just going to come and like, listen to you preach and, come to small group and fine, you know, that's cool. Like we're not kicking you out if you're not a member of our local church, but I am saying unashamedly that you're going to be missing out because committing yourself to a local church, to our local church, um, to any local church that is a Bible believing gospel centered local church, committing yourself to the Christian church, a Christian church is going to massively help um, your growth your discipleship, you becoming more like Christ. And it will also help make a huge impact in this city because I think it will make you more effective and make your church more effective. Uh, and it'll just bring clarity to the whole situation. So defining the relationship is it leads to your uh, joy and flourishing and the joy of flourishing of your family and the city around us. Um, and so that would be my encouragement to you is to uh, belong intentionally, not, not unintentionally, I know that we'll just fall into some things, you know, we'll just maybe show up to whatever church we feel like or do whatever we feel like. My encouragement to you is to intentionally belong to a local church uh, for the glory of Jesus and the joy of this local community.